This is Connected Nation, a podcast focused on all things broadband, from closing the digital divide to improving your internet speeds. We talk technology topics that impact all of us, our families, and our communities. On today's podcast, we're talking big data and big dollars with Faster Internet Oregon, a group working to ensure that billions of dollars in federal funding for improving internet access and speed is distributed equitably. Learn what the grassroots organization is asking residents, community organizations, and businesses to do, and find out why it's probably something that should be happening in your state. I'm Jessica Denson, and this is Connected Nation. I'm Jessica Denson. Today I'm talking with Rachel Maddox-Hughes, the spokesperson with Faster Internet Oregon, which just launched a statewide effort to improve current broadband coverage maps. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you very much for having me today, Jessica. We're happy to talk with you. I'm excited. I know I've, I've talked with some of the people behind Faster Internet Oregon in the past, but things are really revving up right now, and so I'm excited to get an update. Uh, before we get into Faster Internet Oregon can you, and what they just launched, can you give us a little background about the organization? This is really a grassroots effort, correct? It is. So this is a coalition of nonprofits and government organizations who have come together under the mission of making sure that there is fast and affordable internet across Oregon for all residents. And so the group is made up, um, it's actually led by Link Oregon, which is a nonprofit. And then it's also partnering with Oregon Economic Development Districts, Onward Eugene, Speed Up America, and a number of other partners as well. Um, you mentioned Linked Oregon. That is the group that we spoke with last year, and um, things were just starting to head down this road. Tell us a little bit about the other organizations involved. So Oregon Economic Development Districts, is that small towns, all sizes, regions? And what is Speed Up America? Yes. So um, Economic Development Districts are kind of the, they're one of the economic drivers for local regions, and they cover both um, big cities, small cities, rural areas, urban areas, all everything in between. And there's um, multiple Oregon, uh, economic development districts across Oregon. And we're working with the majority of them um, right now on this project. And Speed Up America, that is, what exactly is that? So Speed Up America is a partner with us, and they're also linked with Onward Eugene. Onward Eugene is kind of spearheading the effort um, of our back end. So we're working with Speed Up America's back end on this to collect the data. Um, and then that is funneled to another one of our partners that we're working with um, for the software program called GeoPartners. So really, each of these groups have a different role they're playing in this effort? Yeah, they do. And that's, I think, what makes this coalition really strong. You have stakeholders from across the spectrum. So everyone's touching a little bit different part of the elephant. But, you know, coming together, this is a really strong grassroots effort. It has a lot of buy-in across the state, and we're very excited to see the results of this effort. And uh, what brought them together? Like, why is now the time? I know there's a lot of funding that's out there. There's a lot more understanding. But really, there was some forward momentum before the pandemic, and it's really accelerated. Is that correct? It has. And I think, um, you know, the biggest reason why is the money. There is an unprecedented amount of money coming down from the federal government. Um, we've heard numbers for um, Oregon being somewhere between 500 and $800 million potentially coming to the state. But we lack 
we lack accurate um, data about who does, who doesn't have internet, what are their internet speeds. And so we really wanted to make sure that we had this information going into this, uh, you know, these grant funding opportunities and so that communities are prepared. And I think that the different thing too as well is that we wanted to make sure that local decision makers were empowered with this information. You know, local ISPs have access to their information, their households, their network, et cetera. But it's not something that historically your necessarily your local county commissioner or your city councilor or your economic development district would have access to this kind of level of information and analysis that we're going to be able to provide through this program. And I would say as the direct communications director for Connect Nation that before pre-pandemic, I'd have to explain a lot about why having a strong internet connection was such an important thing. That's really changed now that we've gone through the pandemic. I think all of us can see it. But can you expand on perhaps some of the need you're seeing in Oregon that's very specific to Oregon um, and maybe some of the similarities that we're seeing elsewhere as well? Well, I think I think you're right. I think it, you know... I think across the United States right now, the COVID pandemic put it into focus how much we depend on internet to access different resources, whether that's around education or business support or uh, telecommuting for your job. Um, we also have the wildfires in Oregon as well. So I think all of those have led us to um, a, a greater need um, just across the states as well as Oregon. Yeah, uh, that was something I found interesting about talking with Link Oregon last year was the wildfires, that there's really an importance during public safety. Um, how do you make sure that the, the lines of communication stay open even when there's fires burning uncontrollably? Uh, that is really important, too, because there are there are a lot of rural communities and there are issues with connectivity, either with mobile or phone or Internet. And that definitely gets in the way of emergency service providers as well. So whether it's a big event like the wildfires or just the day-to-day -day operations of emergency response teams, having that internet connection be solid um, and available uh, is really important. And Oregon has a lot of tourism, correct? I know that you guys have some of my favorite wines, uh, some Sauvignon Blancs that I love that comes out of Oregon. How does What does it mean for tourism and just the small business that that is trying to make it the, the or the new business is trying to make it to have this this access right well i think that we've just we really come into a, a completely digital age right and so um especially small businesses uh, across the state you know they need access to internet so that they can make a go of it i mean we've been in some really economically challenging times and without having all of the tools at your disposal, you're gonna fall behind. And, and a lot of those um, areas that are most affected, whether it's just individual um, residents or, and or businesses, um, you know, it's geography is a huge issue. So like I would say in Oregon, you know, geography and poverty are the two things that get in the way of having internet access. And we're hoping to try and fix some of that. Um, so I'm very glad you brought up poverty because at Connect Nation, we talk about access, adoption, and use, the having the infrastructure, but also the importance of affordability. Uh, do you think some of this, uh, some of the, the data that you'll be collecting, which we can get into in a moment, it will be used to inform that as well? 
Absolutely. Um, and we're actually talking with a number of GIS teams about how to also overlay census data so we can get even more layers. So I'll say there's, I'll just explain quickly too, is that there's the front end of this effort, which is the, the speed test or registering a home that doesn't have access. There's a whole back end that partners who sign on for data use agreements with Link Oregon are going to have access to. So there is, um, yeah, there is an Excel analysis on the poverty issue. And for example, we were just doing a training with our um, one of our partners today, and they pointed out that this data, you can go in and look at an area and, and say, for example, you've got um, a couple of blocks where you have a lot of black dots. So black dots indicate no service, right? But in that same area, you're seeing people who are connected. Well, you can actually go in there and think, you know, well, maybe this is because it's a it's a affordability issue because it's not an accessibility issue if there's still if there's already fiber in that neighborhood. And so that information can then be used to work with local ISPs to help provide ISP subsidies to some of those homes and help connect them. So that's helping us with the affordability issue as well. That's fantastic that you're tackling that as well. Uh, let's get into what Faster Internet Oregon is asking residents and organizations and businesses to do. Uh, test and report their at-home speeds. What's what, what do they need to do to be able to do that? They literally just need to go to fasterinternetoregon.org, and it is uh, less than one minute's uh, test to register your home and take the speed test. That's it. We don't ask for any other personally identifiable information other than your home address. And even your home address and the results of your speed test are not going to be available to the public. That is only going to be available to partners who have a data use agreement. We will eventually have a public map that people can look at, but all of those home addresses are going to be offset randomly so that you can't actually drill down into somebody's home and their information. Yeah, privacy is a big deal, especially when you're dealing with digital data. I mean, digital online type of information. Uh, you're also asking for support from other organizations, correct, to help with this initiative? I am. And I forgot to mention one last thing, Jessica, is that we are asking people who don't have internet service, whether it's an affordability issue or an access issue, to register their home addresses. Um, you can go to a library, at, be at work or a friend's house, and you can simply say, I don't have internet at home and I'd like to register my address as a location that doesn't have um, internet. And that really speaks to the other organizations that are going to be helping with this then. Exactly. So this is really a grassroots, a grassroots outreach effort. We need everybody's help to get this out to as many residents as possible in Oregon. The only way that this effort is going to be successful is if we get those speed tests and that data in the door. And so we're asking your local churches, your local um, hospital providers, your YMCAs, your boys and girls clubs, your school districts for everyone to please participate and push the word out as much as possible. And um, I did see that there was a packet available for, with promotional materials to help churches and schools and everyone take part in this. And I will put a link to that material on, in the description of this podcast. It is free. Uh, what ultimately do you hope does Faster Internet Oregon hope to accomplish by gathering this information? Well, we want to get an accurate picture of where there is and where there is not high-speed internet. And if somebody doesn't have internet, why? Is it an affordability issue or an access issue? And then we really hope to be able to put some of this power in local decision makers' hands and allow them to say, hey, I'm seeing that in my community, 
that we have a pocket of, of houses that doesn't have access because maybe there's not fiber to the home or a fixed wireless there. And hey, I can now go and work with some local partners to try and address that. Or I'm seeing another pocket in our community where it's an affordability issue and we can then look at you know ways to overcome that. It's going to provide people with information around um, our decision makers with opportunities for funding and opportunities for action. Okay. Um, I, I noticed in your press release that you, you called out a few things, um, urban areas, of course, where that definitely might be the affordability issue, rural, where there may be lack of infrastructure or a combination thereof, but also tribal communities. Can you share a little bit about Oregon's tribal communities and maybe some of what you're seeing so far? Do they need help with infrastructure or affordability? Or are you still waiting to gather more of that information? Um, you know, I, I think, uh, people who may not be from Oregon may think, oh, it's not really a place where you'll see a lot of Native Americans, but that's not necessarily the case. Is that correct? That's correct. So there are nine recognized tribes in Oregon. And actually over the past um, year, there have been, Link Oregon has led um, three tribal broadband summits to tackle the issues that are specific to the tribes in Oregon. And not only to... um, you know, uh, connect, help, you know, make them aware of federal programs that are available, but also to help put them in touch with resources that are provided by the state as well. As you gather this data, will there be a focus on the greatest need? Will it be, or will it be used to make a business case for some ISPs or internet service providers, or will be some mix thereof, or, or is that still kind of a TBD? So the idea is to really help us focus in across the state on the communities that need the most help. But again, this is an effort that is going to put the power to do that in the hands of local decision makers and their partners and the ISPs in the region to make that happen. And Steve Corbido, the executive director with Link Oregon, who we talked with previously, called the mapping effort, quote, critical early step towards implementing the broadband technologies and supporting adoption programs, ensuring reliable, affordable internet connectivity for all Oregonians. And I know that that's kind of echoing what you're saying already, but can you expand upon the idea that better broadband map can lead to affordable, reliable internet? Absolutely. Um, Well, I think, you know, and then, you know, without data, we're not going to be able to say which are the communities that need it most. And I think it's just really important for all of us. This is a once in a generation opportunity with the amount of funding that is coming down. And we need to make sure that we use it wisely and effectively. And we can only do that with good data. How long will it take at this information gathering stage? Right. So the effort is ongoing and we imagine this continuing um, uh, beyond necessarily the next few months or even the next year. I think that's a little bit TBD. We are making our biggest push to gather this data, though, in the next four to six months. We ideally want to have that data in before the end of this year and early next when we know a lot of the opportunities for funding are going to be dropping and i.e. opening up. So, yep. Is that really what's next for Faster Internet Oregon, that you will be then looking at where to apply and where to move these funds within the state? 
Well, and so just a clarification, Faster Internet Oregon itself is not, so the coalition group is not necessarily going to be applying for these projects. It'll be up to each community, so whether that's in Benton County where I am or Umatilla County over in the eastern part of the state, um, and their stakeholders and decision makers to sit down and go, okay, you know, we've got a, we've got a project that we think is competitive for um, X or Y funding opportunity, and we're going to put that application in with our partners. Um, you know, there's going to be different funding opportunities for different entity types, whether it's an internet service provider, whether it's a city or county or economic development district. So those will actually be the entities who are putting in for these project opportunities, funding opportunities, excuse me. So in a perfect world, you guys would provide internet, faster internet, Oregon would provide that critical data that these groups need. Absolutely. And we're also going to be putting together, um, so we're initially working with um, the group of economic development districts um, to provide them with access to this information. We're going to be putting together a learning cohort uh, of individuals representing those entities and other partner entities um, around the state to make sure that we have the most possible knowledge um, uh, coming out of this data set that we can use to make decisions. Well, I really applaud you guys for thinking ahead because this funding, a lot of groups are going to be looking to apply for that. And those that are prepared are the ones that are going to win. Um, so I think you're doing a good thing for Oregon. Um, is there anything else I didn't touch on that you hoped we would discuss today that you guys are up to? Um, no, I think that I mean, this is our big push right now. I would also say if um, there are entities across Oregon who are interested in getting involved or interested in getting um, uh, in touch with this program and learning more about the data set to please um, go ahead and reach out to me. Um, we can definitely put you in, in touch with whatever resources you need, whether it be, you know, the existing collateral that we have for outreach, creating something new, um, getting you on board with some access to the backend data. All of those things are possible. So. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel. I really appreciate you taking part in this podcast. And I would hope that I would like to invite you to come back on as, as pro as things progress and give us an update in five or six months. That'd be wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. Again, my guest today has been Rachel Maddox Hughes, the spokesperson for Faster Internet Oregon. You can find links to the speed test and free promotional materials in the description of this podcast. One additional note before I let you go, listeners, I'm very excited to share with you that the Connected Nation podcast is now officially award-winning. The podcast was recently honored with an award of distinction in the 28th Annual Communicators Awards for Technology Series. The awards of distinction are given to projects that, quote, exceed industry standards and quality and achievement. I'd like to thank Lily McCoy and Ashley Pino who work hard behind the scenes to record and edit our series. And of course, you the listeners for being with us from when we were a baby podcast to now being in season three. If you ever have ideas for guests or topics for our podcast, please email us at info at connectednation.org. As always, I'm Jessica Denson. Thanks for listening to Connected Nation. If you like our show and want to know more about us, head to connectednation.org or look for the latest episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Pandora, or Spotify.